Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living Santa Rosa, a spiritual community that promotes global transformation through personal transformation. At the Center, we are motivated by a compelling vision of a healthy, loving world, which we call the Global Heart Vision. This vision inspires us to bring the gifts of compassion and loving-kindness to the world through our ministries and teaching. What you are about to hear is a recording of a message delivered at the Center for Spiritual Living Santa Rosa. Feel welcomed. Feel at home. It is a somber time for us in the United States of America. This is Memorial Day weekend. It's a time of the year set aside to remember the people who have died in military service. It's a time when our flag is flown at half-mast up until noon tomorrow, Monday. There's also another reason why flags are flown half-mast this week. At public buildings, military installations, embassies, and consular offices all over the world. And that is because of the grief and shock and pain our nation is experiencing. In the aftermath of a mass shooting in a school in Texas. Right on the tail of another shooting, a racially motivated shooting in Buffalo, New York, in a supermarket where 10 black shoppers were killed, adding that to the killing of children and teachers. There is an outcry of rage across the nation. And part of that outcry is against the idea that thoughts and prayers are enough to offer as a response to these murders. The pain and the grief across the nation is causing spiritual communities like ours to ask, what are we praying for? And what are we expecting when we offer our thoughts and prayers in such tragic situations? Perhaps we and other people expect our thoughts and prayers to assist those who are grieving. Perhaps we expect our thoughts and prayers to give wisdom to our political leaders. Or perhaps we expect the divine to intervene in one way or the other next time. And if that is indeed what our expectation is for prayer, if we claim that the divine can intervene and yet did not in those moments just before the tragedy took place, if we claim that the divine can intervene but did not step in to prevent innocent children and shock to be slaughtered, then surely we must ask, what do we mean when we say our thoughts and prayers are with you? What kind of God are we talking about that could intervene but doesn't? 
Centers for Spiritual Living's approach to prayer is unique in that we do not ask God to step in and do the job for us. We do not pray that the divine take responsibility for undoing the damage that humankind does. Rather, we teach that we are spiritual beings and we are intelligent and we are creative and we have the ability to love and we teach that we live in a spiritual universe, a universe of creative power that does not answer prayers in the conventional sense. Rather, the spiritual power of creation, the divine, fulfills our intentions through us. It flows through us in the direction of what we hold to be precious and important. We learn how to, through our prayers, align ourselves with the power of creation so that we may become channels through which change happens, through which help comes, through which wholeness is revealed, through which it all may flow into life. Through our prayers, we change. Through our prayers, every day, we may take on a new identity And through our prayers, we reconvince ourselves of the spiritual truth of our oneness. And through our prayers, we each become some part of the help and the change and the action that wants to be born into this world. So we don't say, typically, the divine will comfort them, whoever them is, or the divine will intervene next time, or the divine will explain it and make sense of it in the next life. No. We ask instead, how can we intervene? How can we make this not happen again? How may I become an instrument of peace? How can I bring hope when there is despair? How can I? So rather than send our thoughts and prayers, we strive to send ourselves into action based on our spiritual values. So through our prayers, we remind ourselves over and over again that yes, We are capable of turning things around. Through our prayers, we remind ourselves over and over again that yes, we can be vocal and active and opinionated. We can be loud and creative and active. We can be channels for the aliveness of the living spirit in us and bring it out into the open and not settle for or hide behind thoughts and prayers. It is a somber time for us in the United States of America and we ought to be grieving. We ought to feel all of it the outrage at the loss of life. And we ought to, after we pray and think our thoughts, 
take action and express our personal opinions so that our spiritual values can become part of the solution. It's no time to be quiet. In a letter to Agnes DeMille, Martha Graham wrote, there is a vitality, a life force, a quickening that is translated through you into action and there is only one of you in all time. This expression is unique and if you block it, it will never exist. The world will not have it. Now she was talking about performance art, but surely the same is true for spiritual life. Surely if each of us in our own unique way takes action and expresses what isn't alive in us, it will be born into the world. Now I can't tell you what to do or what to believe or what you should think, but I can remind you that as a practicing religious scientist, you already understand the power of your word. And that your voice and its unique expression is part of this world's solution. And that if you block it, it will never exist. And the world will not have you. Now whether you and I agree or not is not the point. It's will we take our voices and bring their expression so that they contribute to the evolution of our society. Surely our voices as part of that evolution must be raised up every time the flag is lowered to half-mast. So I invite you to pray first. And then think, and then call your senators, or email them, or snail mail them. Go to www.contactsenators.com. Get in touch with them. Ask them, what in heaven is going on? Don't block any feelings of grief. Sadness or pain. Mm -mm. Rather, let your voice be heard by asking our leaders, what is your plan to stop this? And don't settle for, we're sending our thoughts and prayers. Not from them and not from us. Of course, thoughts and prayers are the backbone of our practice, of course, because they lead us into right action. They ought to lead us into right action. So the way it works, I think, is that when we pray, we expand. When we pray, our identity expands, and that's when the creative power of the universe flows through us, through that identity, and becomes action. So when we pray, 
We contemplate wholeness, and when we contemplate wholeness, we become aware of our oneness with all life. And when we feel our oneness with all life, loving kindness rises up in us. And when we are governed by loving kindness, that's when we know what to do. And loving kindness will and must lead us to express ourselves. And one of the ways it expresses itself is through our voices. They must not be quiet. I do believe that there is a potential in every one of us that can transform our current world from a violent war zone into a real civilization. when we use our voices. And I think what stops many people possibility, possibly is the programming we receive from birth that tells us, no, you're incapable, you're insignificant, you're flawed, you're helpless, you're powerless. And our culture, it seems, is saturated with these dangerous ideas about reality that can leave us if we buy them feeling helpless and self-doubting, doubting that our voices have any role. Your voice is not insignificant. This is your life. You know, the purpose of our organization, Centers for Spiritual Living, is to change all of that. To awaken humanity to its spiritual magnificence. To change helplessness into hope. To change waiting into creative expression, action. So a question for me to write down in my journal, I didn't bring it today, is what is my part in this? What is mine to do? And I can already feel it. My, my part is for me to awaken from my slumber. Every time the world shifts and rocks in a tragic way, not to sleep through it, but to awaken. Question for me, will I sleep through it again? Will I wait? For someone else to ask our senators and congresspeople and representatives, will I wait for somebody else to ask, what in heaven is going on? Or will I, inspired by Centers for Spiritual Living's vision of a world in which every person lives in alignment with their spiritual principles, the vision in which we all understand our unity with each other and connection to each other, will I, inspired by that, say something, ask something, do something? So I did. I wrote to Senator Alex Padilla. I did. I found his name online. To ask him, Senator, what can an ordinary citizen like me do? Senator, what is the next step in addressing the reduction of violence in our society? And Senator, 
What are the policy proposals you have ready right now to address this problem? And if it is not to reduce access to guns, then what is it? Because I sincerely want to know. And Senator, what is the data gathered that shows that these proposals are our best chance at reducing the number of people who are killed through violence, gun-related, every year? Now, I can't tell you what to say to your senator. I can't tell you what to think or what to believe or what to do, but I can ask you, when you tune into the silence within, you know, the inner sanctuary, that place which the spiritually wise have described as that place where we intersect with the divine and with each other. When you tune into that place, what does it ask of you? Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, apparently warned us not to hide behind the spirituality of thoughts and prayers. He apparently said, don't become so heavenly minded that you are no earthly good. <laughs> he apparently said of our treatment, that's our affirmative prayer, he said, treat and move your feet. Be in this world and bring the spirituality of your conviction into expression like the 12th century poet Saadi wrote. If you have no sympathy for human pain, the name of human you shall not retain. Memorial Day honors those who lost their lives in service to freedom. And I, I've been reading about that as a still fairly new American, about the little-known role that women played in the American Revolution. For instance, Deborah Gannett, who, who um, disguised herself as a man so that she could be part of the military because so powerful was her passion for freedom from oppression. I learned that hundreds and hundreds of women died fighting in the Civil War. I learned that there is a privately funded memorial located at the gateway to the Arlington National Cemetery honoring women who served in the U.S. Armed Forces. And as I'm reading about all of this, I began thinking about people who are driven from within by a passionate commitment to something that was so important to them that they would be willing to lose their lives for it. And I asked myself, what in my life is so important to me that I would be willing to die for it? What in my life is so valuable that I would surrender my constitutional right for it. Are children more important to me than my 
personal freedom. Are children important enough to me that I will risk speaking up about a highly contentious and difficult subject, the reduction of violence in schools? I'm thinking about parents who rush into a burning building. You've read about it, you know, to rescue a child. And that moment in which the importance of saving that child comes from a sense of value so far beyond words and theories or questions that the person, the parent, doesn't think about self or safety or comfort or constitutional rights only of the child. And it's caused me to think about how many people there have been in my life and likely in yours who have made sacrifices for me so that I could have life, so that I could be here. And some of them in extraordinary ways and some of them in plain, simple, ordinary acts of kindness. And so I invite you today, as we move through our grief, to think with me about the many people who have made extraordinary contributions to your life so that you can be here today. Now, after I have completed my thoughts and during the weeks to come when I've completed my prayerful consideration, I want to remember to ask myself, in this situation, what is the decent thing for me to do? Is there a sacrifice I can make or a gift that I can give? Is there something precious to me that I can lay down so that children may be safe? And I invite you to breathe in now and to exhale into a moment of prayer. In the infinity of life where I am, all is whole and complete. For the living spirit in its full form is present, undiluted and present, everywhere, above and below, inside and out. It is the governing factor of all life. It is the law of all being. And it is the creative impulse, the mind that gives, through which I think, through which we all think and live. It is known as love in that it inspires connection and collaboration, camaraderie and compassion. And I know that every time I align myself with it in me, that it works through me to express itself in ways that bring wholeness and harmony. And so I turn to it frequently this week to be guided and instructed, to be led into being part of the solution. I call upon it for strength to give my voice expression, to say what is mine to say and to do what is mine to do. There is within me a sense of peaceful acceptance of my role 
in life. And I know that this power within is what causes me to take my place in the community of being with strength and courage. And I let it be. And so it is. And let us close with the peace song. Let this be my solemn